Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. This is episode 20. Today, we're going to be talking about shoulder related nerve injuries. So, this is something that can be quite complicated. This could be very, very lengthy, and I don't want to make it complicated for you. So, all I'm trying to do here is bring some awareness and understanding of unusual issues that do creep up. We do see these, we don't see them very often, but when you do see it, it's very important to recognize it so that you make sure that you bring this patient onto the right path as far as treatment goes. Um, and then picking up on these can be very, very important as far as decreasing the risk of long-term problems. And um, so the first thing I'd like to talk to you about are some of the common findings when it comes to nerve-related shoulder injuries. What sets a shoulder apart in regards to nerve problems versus muscular or tendinous problems? And one of the first things that I tell people is look for muscle atrophy and ask about the time frame. You know, if this became very atrophied in the course of a week to two weeks, you really need to be considering some sort of a nerve issue here. And that is very important to recognize. Typically, a cuff tear or even a rotator cuff tendonitis, subacromial impingement will not cause immediate atrophy of the shoulder, but nerve injuries will. The other thing that you're going to find is very abnormal range of motion. They'll have a, a difficult time abducting, flexing the shoulder, having a hard time reaching for their head. They'll feel like they have to move their shoulder blade maybe into a, into a better position um, to help stabilize the arm so that they can get the arm to move a little bit better. And it's a very uh, abnormal movement. You'll, you'll find that, um, that a lot of these people have real uh, pure shoulder dyskinesis. The shoulder blade is not uh, falling into place. It's not holding very well, not stabilizing very well. And so if you want to see some abnormal range of motion, I have plenty of videos about this in our video playlist, which I'm going to include in the show notes. And um, there's, a, there's a, a lot of shoulder injuries in there, but look at axillary nerve, suprascapular nerve injuries, and uh, you'll see uh, all of these and you'll uh, see some real significant abnormal range of motion there. The big one here, though, when trying to identify a nerve injury is that they're going to have a graded loss of strength or graded weakness. So when you test their um, muscle strength, let it be maybe uh, external rotation, internal rotation, abduction, flexion, it's going to be very, very graded. It's slow. It's uh, There's no cogging associated with it. And usually it's painless weakness. Okay, so it doesn't really hurt. They just are trying to think of doing it, but they just can't do it. All right. So that is really the key one right there. Let me talk about some of the common nerve injuries of the shoulder. And uh, I'll just talk to you about which nerves do what and, and what their motions are. You can always check out the videos for more in-depth information. And uh, at the end of this video, I'm going to, at the end of this uh, podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how to manage uh, these nerve-related problems. So first one I want to talk about is the axillary nerve injury. When you have an axillary nerve injury, which usually comes with some sort of trauma to the um, axilla or even a, uh, a significant stretch to the arm, uh, you can see the significant uh, atrophy of the deltoids. 
I have some great pictures of this. I'm throwing a video up here after this um, podcast, and uh, you can see the the humeral head, the glenoid, the acromion is really sticking right out because the deltoid is atrophied uh, in all three muscles, and it's pretty significant. And uh, with these folks, getting an EMG right away is uh, is pretty important to uh, identify if uh, there's an issue there. And um, oftentimes, if this is a chronic problem, uh, some people will develop some scar tissue near the axillary nerve, and surgically, this can be... Uh, cleared and fixed. Next thing I'd like to talk about is the long thoracic nerve. And this is something that we see a lot more often. We all relate this to a winging scapula. And um, this will cause very poor flexion of the shoulder. And um, the one of the ways I try to identify the long thoracic nerve, not only by looking at the scapula, but what I do is I go behind the patient. I first ask them to actively flex the shoulder. I look at what the quality is like and I ask them to tell me what it feels like when they lift the arm. Then what I do is I hold the scapula in place. I take the medial border of the scapula, I push it up against the thoracic cage, and I ask them to flex again. And then I tell them the I ask them to tell me what it feels like. And most oftentimes, if it's a long thoracic nerve and you hold that scapula in place, they'll be able to flex the arm and abduct the arm better. Okay, because you need to remember when the scapula is not in a good position, the glenoid's not in a good position, your rotator cuff is at a mechanical disadvantage. Okay, there is going to be some active and some passive insufficiency issues that happen here, and therefore the cuff will appear to be weak also. All right, so um, stabilize that scapula and see what happens as far as their motion goes. And if you do that and they have an improvement in their motion, you can uh, pretty much be guaranteed that they have a long thoracic nerve or a scapular dyskinesis issue. Next one I'd like to talk about would be the suprascapular nerve. I've seen uh, probably a dozen of these in my career. The, the telltale here is a real graded weakness with resisted external rotation. Okay, Oftentimes these people will fall on their, uh, their scapula right back on the shoulder and uh, have this inability to externally rotate the arm. They'll do okay with flexion and abduction. But external rotation is the big one here, and it's super weak and usually painless um, and weak at the same time. Remember that suprascapular nerve uh, innervates the infraspinatus and uh, supras and uh, teres minor. I mean, uh, supraspinatus and uh, infraspinatus, so they can really um, affect your uh, your cuff performance. The spinal accessory nerve is one that you don't see very often, but you can. Uh, this patient or this person will present with a significant amount of upper trapezius atrophy, uh, atrophy of the sternocleidomastoid. You'll also get some winging of the scapula. I'll tell you a story about uh, a patient that I had one time who was using a long-handled shovel in a in a mill, and the shovel got caught in a conveyor belt. The handle struck him in the upper trapezius and uh, bruised and damaged his uh, spinal accessory nerve. I have a, a great picture of that. I'll try to uh, pull that up and uh, put that in my show notes for you because it's pretty impressive. And it almost looks like somebody has completely ruptured their uh, upper trapezius muscle. You don't see it very often, but you want to make sure that uh, you have it managed appropriately. This guy actually did very, very well after some treatment and uh, testing. So how do you manage these nerve-related injuries? They're different. Difficult because remember, it's a nerve. Nerves are made out of permanent cells. They, they heal very, very, very slowly. It can take a year to two years. But if you know that, then you know what to expect, okay? They're not going to get better overnight. 
So I like to get an EMG if it's been a little longer than three or four weeks. The EMG will be more effective. Uh, I'll send them over to a neurologist or physiatrist, and uh, they'll usually do this test and give us some, some feedback on what the results are. The other thing I like to do is I like to stabilize the scapula somehow, either with uh, taping like leukotape or I'll try to do uh, neuromuscular stimulation to try to get the rhomboids and serratus to contract a little bit better to hold it in place. I'll do some manual stabilization. They even have um, different types of shirts out there, one in particular called the S3 shirt that can stabilize the scapula and put it into a better position. So if you're somebody who is functional and uh, a hard worker, you have to use those arms overhead, that scapula needs to be in a better position. This could be something that can really increase your quality of life and allow you to continue to use that arm during the healing process. I'm really big on weight-bearing exercises, especially with the arm up to about 110 degrees um, and doing some weight-bearing and proprioceptive type activities that really activates the uh, serratus better. So we do a lot of that stuff in the clinic and uh, time. It takes a long time for these to get better. So I'm not going to treat them until they're completely 100%. Usually it takes a year to two years. So I'll give them a series of exercises, maybe check them out in a month, make sure that their range of motion is increasing and they're not developing any other um, complications such as a, an adhesive capsulitis or uh, you know an impingement syndrome or something like that. So Please check out the video playlist that I have on shoulders. You'll see a lot of these. If you have any questions, get in touch with us at orthoevalpal.com. Go to uh, my Get in Touch page and uh, send some questions and uh, leave some comments. I would love a review on iTunes and a rating. That would be awesome. And um, thanks for listening. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.